Our, our scripture reading this morning is from John uh, chapter 6, a beautiful and famous passage of Jesus. I'll be reading verses 25 through 40. Friends, hear God's word for us today. When they found him, Jesus, on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you were seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him, who he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true Bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall, shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The word of God. So there is talk about food in this passage. So I invite you to reflect on the best meal you ate in this past week or two. Can you think of that? The best meal? How enjoyable that was? How tasty? How how satisfying. Uh, I mentioned to you that we had some uh, friends over yesterday. They're uh, friends from seminary, and we uh, just gather once a year, and it's Labor Day weekend, and, and we order Giordano's stuffed pizza. I don't know about you, but oh, and I was hungry too. Food tastes better when you're hungry, right? Oh, yes. Uh, what are you having for uh, lunch today, I wonder? Yeah, think about that. You know what I'm trying to do? trying to make you hungry. That's maybe not nice. Uh, but friends, physical food's important. And uh, the people in Jesus' day, they were hungry, and that's important. But Jesus said spiritual food first. So actually, right now, this morning, this, this, is, this is genius. First, spiritual food. And we're even going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Spiritual food first, and then the physical food. So, let's, let's take a look at the spiritual food. Uh, Jesus nourishes you 
both now and for eternity. Jesus nourishes you both now and for eternity. As we come to look at John chapter 6, let's just for a moment look at the bigger context. This chapter, 71 verses. What? Now these verses and chapters were added in the Middle Ages. They're not inspired. Uh, There's some thought that goes into them, not that they're always perfect. But in this case, interestingly, chapter 6 begins with the words, after this. And chapter 7 begins with the words, after this. So it does make sense that this 71-verse chapter is all included as one chapter. Also interesting, at the beginning of chapter 6, there is mention that crowds are following Jesus. And what happens at the end of the chapter? Many people are leaving Jesus because of his teaching. Now, in this chapter, there's a lot of talk about bread. First off, we have the feeding of the 5,000. And it says 5,000 men. So you could say up to 20,000 people were miraculously fed by Jesus. In John 6, uh, verse 14, after the people saw the sign, remember that word, the sign. After the people saw the sign, Jesus performed the feeding of the thousands. They began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So at the end of the feeding of the 5,000, this spectacular miracle, you can imagine word was spreading throughout the region of what just happened. Then after this miracle, Jesus goes to a mountain by himself. himself. The crowd see this. They're dispersed. And then the disciples get on a boat to go to the other side of the lake. Now, as they're traveling overnight on the lake, there is a life-threatening storm that happens on the lake. The disciples are scared out of their mind. Jesus comes off the mountain, miraculously walks on the water, joins them in the boat, and calms the storm. Then Jesus arrives at the other side of the lake in the boat, The crowds end up finding them and realize Jesus was not in the boat originally, and they begin to fire off questions at Jesus. And this is part of our uh, text, one question after another to Jesus. So uh, what do they say? They say, how did you get here? How did you get here? Well, Jesus ignores their question and focuses on what's more important, he starts talking about God. Then they say, what must, we, what must we do? What does God require of us? Jesus says, believe in me. And then when Jesus says, believe in me, they say, I can't believe they said this, but they said it. What sign can we have to know that we should believe in you? Jesus is patient. Another person might have just laughed at them. Are you kidding me? You just saw thousands of people being fed miraculously. This was a sign at the time, so obvious. And now you're asking for another sign? How many signs do you need? Now, the word sign, very important in John. 
Uh, this is the fourth time the word sign is used. And each time the sign is used, it is to point that Jesus is from God and they are to believe in Jesus. Now, you would have thought they would have gotten the hint after the feeding of the 5,000, but, you know, us humans, Jesus, one more time, give us a sign so we know we can believe in you. So they begin to talk about bread. Begin to talk about bread. And Jesus references, and they reference manna from the Old Testament. And uh, manna uh, was a sign of bread from heaven. And its purpose as a sign was for people to believe that God is with them, that God cares, that God is providing for them. This was the sign. So let's take a moment and just look at the roots of John chapter 6 in Exodus chapter 16. What happens in Exodus 16? The people are hungry and they're complaining. Has anybody ever complained because they were hungry? Yes, we, we all have. Complaining because they were hungry. The problem is, they just, they just saw the ten plagues in Egypt, miraculously. They were just let go from Egypt. They just were against water, and God parted the water miraculously. They go through the water... God is providing for them one time after another. But as you know, when we humans get hungry, we can forget a lot of things. And they forgot a lot of things. They were hungry. They were complaining. And so God provided for them first quail and then this bread, which I don't know if it's really bread. The Bible says... Um, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day, and I will test them to see if they will follow my instructions. This food was enough to keep them alive, not probably that enjoyable day after day after day, but it was God's provision. Um, now, what was this? The Bible says when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared. I picture infant cereal. Some other, I've asked other people, they, they thought a croissant. I'm like, that's too buttery and tasty. Okay, but anyway, thin flakes appeared on the ground, on, on the desert floor, and the people said, what is it? Now, the word manna sounds like, what is it? That's why they called it manna, because it was, what is it? And it's like, uh, manna, manna. Uh, so a little side note, whenever you sit down to eat, do not say thanks for the manna. That's rude. It's like, thanks for the, what is it? Okay, don't, yeah, I would not uh, recommend that. Uh, so uh, they would gather this manna day after day. Now, I gathered with my seminary friends yesterday, and when we were in seminary together, uh, there was one guy who was the smartest of the bunch. We just, we just knew it. You know, his vocabulary was like up here. He ended up getting a PhD in New Testament at Cambridge, and he actually teaches at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School as a New Testament professor. I made the mistake of saying, oh, I'm preaching on John chapter 6 tomorrow. Do you have any new, new information for me on this? He replies, yeah, I just presented a paper on this at the Evangelical uh, Theological Society meeting. I was like, whoa, with like all the big theologians. And he presented a paper. I'm like, ay, 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 ay. Believe it or not, he started talking to me about this, and I didn't understand him. 
And like, I'm a Bible guy. I said, say that again. Say it again. And then I, then I got it. And here's, here's what he said. Um, the manna was a sign to say that God was providing for them, but it was another sign. It was a sign to point them to the spiritual food that God gave them on Mount Sinai. That was God's covenant. And so while the people in the wilderness did eat their fill of the manna to keep them alive, were they feeding spiritually on God's covenant? And on that point, they failed. And now when you come to this passage, what does Jesus do before the discussion of the bread of life? He actually feeds them physically as a sign the feeding of the 5,000, that's wonderful. Yea, Jesus can do what we want. But it was a sign to point them to something much more important, and that was to point them to Jesus as their spiritual food. Now, he said a lot of other smart things as well, but that was kind of the essence, the essence of it. Um, so all of this physical food thing is good, but it's to point us to the, the spiritual reality, the spiritual food, which brings us, to Jesus. The people say, give us a sign. And Jesus says, I'm not going to do another miracle right now. No, you guys want me to do another miracle? So you're like, wow, this is cool. In a sense, Jesus says, surprise, it's me. Okay, surprise, it's me. I am the bread of life. So, so look to me. Don't look to any other miracle or thing that go, wow, this is amazing. All of that miracle stuff, that is just to point to me as your spiritual food. So Jesus is the new manna. As we would say in today's lingo, manna 2.0. Or maybe we should say 10.0. Actually, infinity.0. Jesus, the new manna. So what does this mean for our lives? If we believe and trust in Jesus, the spiritual food, Jesus accepts you and he provides for you. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Believing in Jesus also shows, demonstrates God's gracious work in your life. From John 37, all those that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Believe in Jesus shows God's gracious work. And then Jesus nourishes you for both now and eternity. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Now let's think for a moment about our world in which we live. Very often, what are people hungry for? Uh, people are hungry to just have a good day, to feel good, to have a lot of something, whatever that is, to feel fulfilled in a way that they can create fulfillment. Um, and it is all kind of self-driven. This is what I want. This is how I want to identify myself. This is how I want to feel. 
And so this is what I strive after. This is the food for my life. And it could be different things for different people, but this is the food for my life. And what is the problem with that? Well, the problem is, ultimately, we are frail and weak as humans. Also, there are too many things outside of our control that just ruin our efforts at providing whatever we want for ourselves. And so we fail. Uh, years ago, I was traveling with Timothy students. This was amazing. And we were in London, England. Now, this is so long ago that there was no Wi-Fi in the hotels. Can you believe it? And this is so long ago that Facebook was still cool with high school students. Not that cool with older people yet. They are like, what, what is that, okay? So uh, here's what would happen in the evening. There would be one computer at the hotel with this thing called the internet, and there would be a line of people waiting to get to the computer, okay? And I had to get to the computer because it was my job to type a blog for the parents to read, okay? So I remember this line, and there was one girl in the line who was just fuming. I mean, she made it known that everybody in front of her was taking too long. And uh, so anyway, I get up there, type my blog, then it's her turn. And when she got there, she went right onto Facebook, and she just stayed. She did not even care who was behind her. She was going to just spend her, uh, her time uh, on, on Facebook. Anyway, the next day, we are downtown London, world-class city. I mean, amazing. And so here's our London tour guide. Who is, who is engaging and, and so smart and related so well to us, our London tour guide, and all of us around him. And on the other side of him was this girl with a foul look on her face. Oh, it was sour. It was so obvious she was miffed that when the tour guide looked at our group, he looked at her and said, he, he was like, what, what's wrong? And she was fuming. She didn't say anything. He's like, you're in London. Come on. Uh, that didn't change her. So anyway, we did do the little tour. Doo, 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 and then we had free time. And I knew this girl by this. I knew what she was going to do in our free time. She made a beeline to the Apple store. Now, she did not have any concern about Apple products. It's because they had internet on the computers, and you could just play with their computers, you know. And so she went right to the Apple Store computer and spent her whole free time on Facebook. And I'm not saying Facebook is evil or awful. I'm just saying this is what she did the entire time. When we met back after free time, she had a smile on her face. It's like, so... Here's the, the illustration I want to make, is very often people are just basing the quality of their life on how they feel in a given day or a different season of their life. And what they're doing is making a very narrow, limited view on what the quality of life is. And it can fall apart at a moment's notice if that's how you're going to have your quality of life. And Almighty God is saying, no, no, I have so much more for you. I have so much more for you for life. And Jesus is the bread of life. And this is a beautiful, nourishing, flourishing life. It is this big. And when you just trust yourself for life, it, it's this big. 
And this girl could not see the amazing city of London because she was so focused on this and, oh, I must have this, and if I don't have this, my life stinks. And Jesus comes, and he says, I am going to, to not conquer Rome. I'm going to be a servant and suffer and die because of love for you. Come to me. Trust in me. And I will give you a life that truly nourishes you, both now and for eternity. And guess what? Whether your life is good today or awful today, if I am the bread of life, regardless of what's going on, you have a day of contentment and peace because you're feeding on me. And your life has meaning and purpose because not only now are, is God using you, but your life will stretch into eternity, into life everlasting. And so friends today, as we think about Jesus being our bread of life, here is the challenge I would like to leave with you this morning. In this next week, when you or I, because we are weak as humans, when you or I begin to feel discontent, when we have that discontent that begins to root within us, may that discontent be a call for us to look to Jesus. May it be a reminder that what the world offers will not fully satisfy. It will lead to discontentment. But may that discontent make us rise our eyes and look to Jesus. Because Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Amen? Amen. Amen. And how, how wonderful that we hear this message from God's word on the bread of life, and now we have the privilege and joy of celebrating in the Lord's Supper. So uh, let's uh, close this uh, sermon in prayer, and then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, in our seasons of doubt and life, please fill us anew with a deep and a robust faith in you. I pray that each one of us might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in a greater, fuller, and richer way, O oh God. May Jesus truly be our bread of life. Amen and amen. Brothers and sisters, we gather today to celebrate Jesus Christ given for us. We give thanks and praise to God the Father that our Savior Jesus Christ, before he suffered, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice until he comes again. In this supper, God declares to us that our sins are completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he finished 
on the cross once and for all. Hear these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God has prepared his table for all who love and trust in him. This is not for perfect people, but this is for people that trust in Jesus, that are truly sorry for their sins, and believe in Jesus alone as their Savior. Let's pray. Holy Father, and thanks for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the joy of his resurrection and the hope of his coming again. We present ourselves a living sacrifice and come to the table of the Lord. Amen.